to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? And now, the special presentation. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Skewered Universe podcast, the Dawn of the Dead special. We're coming at you once again, part three. And I'm joined once again by your friend and mine, Patrick French. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's happening, my friend? Hey, you know, same old shit, different day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the, the precipice of uh, nuclear Armageddon. Yeah, that's always fun, you know. Yeah. But you know what might be a little bit worse is like a complete zombie takeover of, of the planet. I Maybe slightly worse. Maybe not. I mean, you know. Who knows what mutants will be crawling the wasteland when that happens? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've seen Chud. You've seen Chud, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen Chud and Chud 2. Oh, yeah. That's right. Chud 2. Yeah. Bud the Chud. <laughs> Bud the Chud. <laughs> hey, do you think that, uh, well, well, we can save that for later on. I just had a, I had a thought there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I like, I was, like, I was okay. like, do you think George Romero drew inspiration for uh, Bud from Bud the Chud, or which one happened first? Oh, no, Chud Two had to have been after. It had to have been. I want to yeah. say that that's like eighty-seven. Okay, then yeah, because I think the original Chud was 84, 85 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I they then then the Chud people definitely stole from Day of the Dead for sure. Oh, they would have had to. I mean, that movie doesn't even make sense as a sequel to Chud because it's zombies and the original Chud were weird was the creatures. underground dwellers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember anyway. that. They're an acronym. Like, it's an acronym for something. Chud 2 is just like, eh, zombies, whatever. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't mean to derail the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 already. you're good. You're good. I've This podcast gets derailed more than then trains and wow that was you know what let's just not even touch on that let's yeah let's just let's just just stop it right there avoid further derailment so the the last time we conversed about the film dawn of the dead from 1978 (laughs) i'm trying to bring a little class with the voice here um we left off right where our boys were getting ready to pull off the hit and run as they got into the ball yeah yeah yeah, the, the old yield hit and run. Yeah, that classic maneuver. <laughs> you know, the one that the audiences should be familiar with, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, once they said hit and run, the very first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I know exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, Ken Faree was going to lightly punch a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> just delicately slap him. Yeah, mm. just kind of like, eh, as he ran by. I Man, you know, like... Like that's a classic scene, man. Like I think that's I think that's the scene where he like grabs a zombie and like back breaks it. No, I'm just kidding. No, he grabs a zombie and and it would have been sweet if he did the backbreaker on the zombie and then threw it over the railing. That would have been fucking awesome. Oh man. man. Just imagine you know stalling suplexes and all sorts of wrestling moves. <laughs> he just does a tombstone. He's just like, I'm time to bury you again. And then just tombstones it and then throws it over. <laughs> These zombies aren't going to last much longer. I will make you rest in peace, boy. Yeah. <laughs> does the oh, man. He just does like a suplex backflip and launches a zombie off the, 
That's what I want to see. I want to see wrestlers, professional wrestlers <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. Just imagining Roger being lawn darted at a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, throw me at him. <laughs> I just imagine Triple H like pedigreeing a zombie, you know, or, <laughs> or Kane choke slamming oh, a zombie, like choke slamming it into the railing. Oh, yeah, dude, that would be amazing. Imagine that team of pulling a hit and run. They would have cleared out that that entire mall in like 15 minutes. Easy. Yeah, with no I mean, issue. They would have been closed. Lightly. They could have all linked arms, just <laughs> ran across the mall and just swept them all up. But it got the zombies, brother. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> McMahon. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, the, the old hit and run. Yes, the old hit and runs. Basically, their plan is to go through and start clearing out as much as they can. Yeah. Kind of well, assess the I, situation. I think the initially wasn't their, their whole thing was like, well, I mean, did we went through the, we already covered the power plant zombie, right? Did we get, did we get through that part? We did might we? have. I think we touched on it slightly, but let's, you know what? Let's discuss it again, just in case we missed or if somebody may have forgotten. Yeah, so so yeah. Roger and Peter have already made their way into the mall. They've gone through this office. They're in the actual mall. Yeah. Steven, because he needs to fit in and show how masculine he is, yeah. has decided, well, I'm going to go too. Yeah, there's like the whole scene. So like, so yeah, so Roger, Peter and Roger leave to go to go check it out, right? Like, because they discuss, you know, about checking it out. There's all that stuff down there, you know, the, the, idea that they could um you know I, I think this is where the film starts to uh kind of play on the theme of like stuff even in mm. even in the face of you know human humanity's extinction that stuff is still this huge lure right to both the right. living and the dead and you know they discuss checking it out and steven's still asleep and Fran is like, where are you guys going? And they say, we're going to go check it out. Don't wake up Flyboy. You know, so they, they head on down. And um, yeah, they're, they're already kind of making their way. There is that scene where they do briefly go through the, the power area of the mall. And right. you kind of see that you kind of see the, the odd, like, like this dude, this zombie's like definitely peak 70s zombie with the hairdo. Oh, yeah. The beard and everything you kind of see him shuffling around in the background but you know peter and, and roger don't see him and then we get to that part where steven wakes up and you know he's like those guys are maniacs or whatever he says and uh yeah you know, like yeah. for no reason is like for angry no and yeah he's he's pissed he's pissed because he he doesn't feel like he's part of the the club and it's like well you're not an officer dude you have no training <laughs> You're just and you almost boy, killed man. somebody not that long ago. Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. We talked exhaustively on how incompetent Stephen is, and yes, you know, inexplicably, like, listen, man, if I'm the dude, like, I, I'm like, I'm like, um, what's his name, Terry Andrews, I think that's the actor's name in Day of the Dead, where I'm just like, like, my job is to fly the whirly bird. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Put gas in the in the chop chopper. My job is to fly the chopper. I don't care about anything else. You know, I live in a trailer in a zombie cavern. 
Like, yeah, like, look, they, they protect me from them. I fly the helicopter. We've got a good arrangement. Yeah. Don't need but to make yeah, any waves. Yeah, yeah, you know, but but Stephen being, you know, a strong, virile, you know, capable of impregnating <laughs> a woman, hotshot helicopter pilot, you know, he's got to go join join the boys down in the, in the mall. Yeah, because it's definitely not about proving how much of a man he is. <laughs> if anything, all the movie oh proves that Steven is the worst shot in <laughs> cinematic history. Oh my like, god, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, if he was standing three just, feet from it. <laughs> like where you just left off. Yeah, so Steven heads down, you know, he does some research. He finds, he finds some valuable information in regards to the you know the the crawl spaces above the yeah he found the map for the like ventilation system yeah yeah the ventilation system but you know as he's you know making his way down um uh you know that weird i don't know why the the, the zombie looks like something out of the old west i don't know why he reminds me of like (laughs) a civil war soldier you know what i mean it's it's definitely a look he's got going he does have he he is he is rocking that that late seventies aesthetic. You know, my mom dressed me in an out. There's a baby picture on my Facebook profile where I'm wearing a very, you know, traditional seventies outfit. <laughs> and I don't know, this guy's kind of wearing the maintenance version mm-hmm. of that same outfit. You know? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely seventies. And by the way, I think we. Collars. I think most of us who were born in the 70s and into the very early 80s have pictures like that somewhere. I've got pictures like that. I refuse to let them see the light of day. Yeah, yeah. All the Xers definitely have pictures of their boomer parents trying to dress them like they were pimps or, you know, going to some disco. You know, my mom even told me horrifyingly that my dad had the exact same matching outfit. And I was just like, Oh my god! But anyway, yeah, that 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 zombie definitely Oof. rocking that seventies aesthetic. We won't talk oh, yeah. about my super seventies parental units or <laughs> uh, fashion choices for her child. Yeah, but so yeah. he's he's definitely a seventies zombie, and <laughs> this scene once again proves just how inept Steven is. He he, <laughs> yeah. when he discovers the zombies there, he starts shooting but not aiming. Well, he finds. Let's let's not gloss over the fact that like the employer, the the whoever's the the general manager of the maintenance staff in the mall, um, like you know this is definitely a different era when you could bring a firearm and ammunition to work because oh, yeah. as as Stevens like wrestling, oh my god, <laughs> wrestling through the drawers of you know presumably the 70, 70 zombies former workstation. You know, he finds like an old timey twenty two with you know rocket long rifle uh, shells. I mean, th- those were some big ass bullets. Some yeah. big, some big charges on those twenty two rounds. He finds a bunch of shells. He finds this this ridiculously old timey pistol. Um, I mean, I know it's a modern replica, but it just it looked like something you know, like a yeah, civil this war old school or... revolver. Yeah, yeah, super old school. I can't and, believe I forgot about that. Yeah, oh my god! Stuffs the loads the gun, <laughs> and stuffs the or no, he doesn't load the gun. He takes the box of shells, takes the gun, has the book in his hands, 
and you know starts trying to make his way to the um, to the guys to the fellas and you know he he sees the shadows and starts you know noticing the the zombie stalking him and just totally inexplicably starts firing in the dark as bullets are bouncing around <laughs> yeah disregard for anything who knows if either <laughs> Roger or peter may have shown up behind him or anything yeah he's just blasted away he's just like he sees a shadow and he shoots at it sees another shadow shoots at it you know it's it's crazy eventually and, he hits it well i mean yeah i mean we we're, but, we also glossed oh over the fact God. that the zombie gets the drop on him the freaking zombie gets the yes. drop on him again Not, he is in again. peril for his life <laughs> cuz the zombie gets a drop on him and he falls down he's he's got his gun you know the zombie's gun i think the zombie just wanted his gun back and uh, <laughs> and what does he fire like four or five rounds at the zombie at least still at like point blank range i mean the zombie's fingers are are literal inches from his face and he finally you know he finally connects after like 20 shots you know i mean what I just, you know, I'm just kind of gobsmacked at, at Roger's, you know, how Roger has not become a, or not Roger, excuse me, how Steven has not become a zombie at this point in the movie, you know, it's yeah, improbable. It's, I, I just, I have no idea. You see, I'm speechless here. I don't I know, have an answer for that. It's unbelievable. It's totally unbelievable. It's just like, it's, it's like, you almost. should already be dead. Yeah. Why are yeah, you exactly. still alive? Because he's the fly boy, you know. He, I guess, oh, he knows man. how to get out of situations. <laughs> I mean, and he's def- he's definitely not cool under pressure either. You know, he's not like no. Roger or Peter. You know, yeah, I mean, he was definitely stressed by the end of that encounter with one zombie, one, one, one shuffling slow zombie, and it, it didn't even like it didn't even try and bite him. It just goosed him, and he just dropped him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was good. That was good. That was a good part of the film. I just uh, I kind of feel like, man, they just they just kept emphasizing over and over and over again how much of a meathead. I mean, Steven just keeps losing over. You know, if he isn't losing his gun, he's getting his ass kicked by a zombie. Mm-hmm. Then he's getting his ass kicked by, you know, uh freaking peter then he's getting his ass kicked by another zombie then he's getting his ass kicked by his girlfriend you know and then he's getting shut down like he is like he's got to be the the patient zero of cups (laughs) in cinema right oh man i you know i never heard it put that way but i'm pretty sure you're right (laughs) it makes sense when you think about it I mean, if Alex Jones was on this podcast with us, he definitely would have called Stephen a cup for sure. Oh, Jesus. And then he would have talked about male. frogs changing their sex. I don't know. <laughs> gay frogs, yeah. but gay, yeah. gay frogs, that's what it was. Gay, gay frogs. frogs. Yeah. Stephen definitely, you know, um, I just, I have no words. Yeah. But it's... yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually gets cleared from this zombie he eventually makes good on dispatching this other random zombie that almost killed him yeah i mean While, there let's we should put it out there there are there are like three in, or two instances 
of just random zombies almost taking people out. Right. That kind of narratively are, are questionable narrative devices except to fill time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, we need something here. Do we this. need five minutes of footage here. Or we or we need we need an excuse for some of Tom Savini's awesome practical effects. Yeah. It's like Tom went, hey, I got a really cool headshot idea. All right, we need five <laughs> minutes anyway. Load it up. I got this half a head extra sitting here and I got like a quarter of this fake blood. We need to do something with this stuff. But yeah, we're we're getting to the second one. So while Steven is, you know, bumbling about, you know, with I'm I'm assuming that scene should have had Yakety Sax playing in the background as he was <laughs> bumbling around with that zombie. <laughs> really should have. <laughs> So or they should have is... just they should have Benny Hill. <laughs> they, if you know if they if they had cut in Benny Hill, like imagine <sighs> a comedy where Benny Hill's doing that whole scene. Oh my god. <laughs> Would have been amazing, dude. Oh thinking just... about it is <laughs> just <sighs> Benny Hill running through the, the the conductors or the pipes there just with Yagney Sacks playing in the background. Then of course, after he kills the zombie, he'd be running around again, and then women in their underwear would be following. Yeah, because yeah exactly. That's Benny Hill. That's oh man, Benny Hill. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, uh, Jeff. I'm gonna be doing this all day. I'm like, my, I'm hey. so random right now. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. No worries, man. But while this is going on with Steven, Roger and Peter, meanwhile, have been working their way into J.C. Penny. Yes. When J.C. Penny was badass. When you could get groceries at J.C. Penny, you could get furniture, you could get clothes, TVs, groceries. hardware. You get you could get fucking Jack Daniels at at J.C. Penny's. Once upon a time, kids, you know, to anybody who is younger than say thirty five, as unbelievable as it sounds, you could walk into a J.C. Penny's. Yes, so JC, I, some of you may not know what that is, but it was a major department store and you could buy alcohol and groceries there all in one place. It was like the Walmart. JCPenney's was more like the target of its day. Yeah. Yeah. A little more, little more classy. Yeah, think of Target with lots of wood grain products. <laughs> <laughs> and giant wheels of cheese, which always yeah. threw me off. I'm like, Who's buying that much cheese from J.C. Penny? <laughs> Somebody who has really bad constipation. Oh, yeah! You get a giant wheel of cheese. Oh man, your guts are gonna hate you for a week. Take it from at, me. At least a week. Yeah, at least a week. <laughs> Maybe longer, depending on how much you actually consumed. <laughs> but yeah, but nonetheless, you know, our intrepid heroes are are uh, do make their way to J.C. Penny's. Um, they did find the keys, I believe, right? They found the keys. Yeah, they found oh, the keys. Oh, did they find the keys? Okay. Yeah, they had um, the keys because they found the keys to turn on the lights and kind of get everything that's right. yeah, started. Yeah, because yeah, we kind of, we we sort of went through that part. Yeah, they turn on the lights, yeah. they turn on the fountains, all the displays come on. Found the, the main control panel. 
the yeah. fountains are on, the music is going. The the announce, you know, the the ghostly, you know, mall announcer voices is talking about all the deals. Make you all the, zo- the zombies are all like blown away by the effects now. You remember there are like <laughs> scenes where the zombies are just like, oh, you know, they're just like setting the precedent for land of the dead fireworks <laughs> zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sky flowers. Sky flowers, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to get into that one at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll definitely <laughs> so, touch on that one. Oh, that was a. Oh man, yeah, it had uh, what's his name? Um, God, the actor who was in the the past, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, yes. Yeah. Oh man, it was so bad. I own it. I own it on DVD. I used to, and then I got rid of it. But I own a digital ver. I own a digital version that's the unrated or director's cut or whatever. Yeah, it's not good. Well, let's not forget Ozzy Argento, who is you know Dario Argento's daughter. So yeah. there's some other, you know, kind of ties back the, into this movie a little bit. The part, the the maybe murderer of um, uh, what's his name, Anthony. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, Jeff. I couldn't help it, man. I had to take that shot. I had to take that crack in there, you know. Hey. I'm, I'm a comedian. That's what I do. She, she, <laughs> she. I, I'm a one oh, comedian. That's what I do. She, she murdered him with her, with her, you know, with her sultriness and her ability to cheat. But anyway, that's that's for another episode. That is for our, uh, oh, what was his, now I forgot what his show was, so let's just forget the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I guess if if you want to tie back eating to the, you know, the the trilogy of the Dead series, I guess you could make a a very, a very uh, uh, slight case that they're related, I guess, in some way. Yeah, you know. But anyway. You know. Yeah. And I, I actually think, kind of going back to these guys, Roger and Peter being at JCPenney, I kind of think their idea of what they're doing is is actually pretty smart. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. before Stephen eventually meets up with them, they're kind of drawing the attention to one level of the store and then going to the next level, whether it be the top or the bottom. And they're kind of alternating Yeah. as they're getting some supplies and some stuff that they can take back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there, there's the whole... There's that whole scene where, like, I think it's Peter who shows up with, the, or no, it's Roger who shows up with the, uh, uh, who is it? Is it Peter who shows up with the wheelbarrow? Roger shows up with the wheelbarrow. I think it's Roger that shows up with the wheelbarrow. And and Peter's like, or, or yeah, I, I don't know who, who says it, but they're like, one of them is like, what are we supposed to do? Roll it right past them? And, you know, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, Peter, because Roger's like, what are we supposed to do? Roll it right past them? And then he's like, we're going to try, you know? And that's when they start dumping in like a TV and, you know, a bottle of whiskey and, you know, the essentials. Yeah, the essentials. I mean, they're dudes, right? Like, right. They're setting up their their man cave upstairs. So you got to have a TV, you got to have a radio, you know, you got to have some You know whiskey. what this apocalypse needs? For us to create the ultimate 70s swinging bachelor pad. And they do. Dude, no legit. Towards the end of the movie, their place is fire, man. They got the freaking... Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll talk about that. They, we'll, their place, yeah. We'll get there because we actually... It doesn't take long to get there. 
yeah, yeah. This this sort of this whole section kind of goes pretty quickly. Where they, you know, the, the time between they land, the time between them landing, and sort of setting up shop, is a pretty quick transition because that you know Peter and Roger are already talking about it, uh, right? You know, shortly after they sort of break into the the upper area they're already talking about like hey you know this is a good thing maybe we shouldn't cut out of here so early let's take a break check things out on the radio you know i i know definitely um peter is 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 ready you know he's ready to like hang out for a bit he wants a break yeah and it it kind of makes sense when you think about it because they had everything there yeah if they're able to just clear out the zombies that are already in the mall they've yeah. got free reign of the place they've got electricity they've got water they've got a place to live and food as long as it stays you know zombie free viable yeah bunch yeah, of canned they, goods and preserves so that's yeah, they, gonna last you longer i got a fucking arcade in there oh yes <laughs> I got a, a beautiful legit. 70s arcade <laughs> They got that old West game. They got Pong. That played that was a game. legit. Yeah, like the projection racing game. That was a legit arcade in nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, it definitely was. And I was like, oh, the memories. They had Seeing the brown derby. Remember they had the brown derby in there, Jeff. That they did. Was, that place was baller back in the seventies, dude. That was where you went. That was where everybody went. Yeah, kids. You zillennials don't know about that. We're, no. we're old. We know about this. this. Is like your two uncles <laughs> learning you something about mall culture from the seventies. Sit down and let us spin your yarn about the way the malls used to be when yeah, I was back your in age. My day, back in my day, I had to dodge Chester's in the arcade. <laughs> anyway, oh man, I digress. I digress. So yeah, they're in, they're definitely in JC Penney's. They're stocking up. They have a plan to draw the zombies away. And again, another sort of precedent setting zombie is just waiting for uh, our, our good friend uh, Roger. Uh, I think that's after Stephen arrives, right? Like Stephen gets there. Yes. Stephen meets up with them. He's I think he meets with Peter outside. Because mm-hmm. he's got the wheelbarrow and he's like, you need to listen. Basically, like, listen to what we're saying. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, there, there's that whole interchange they have where some of the zombies start making their way down the hallway. And he's like, don't go up those stairs, baby. You'll lead them right up. And then yeah. that's when that's when we're introduced to, you know, some of the the named zombies, right? Like, the, these are the upper echelon zombies. These are the zombies that have personality pizzazz you got a nurse you got right. the harry krishna zombie ah yes the harry krishna zombie you got the <laughs> you got the gun <laughs> you got the gun uh or the gun diddler zombie the one that the zombie that looks like a dad who just wants to play with all the guns <laughs> the gun diddler zombie it, yeah he's definitely yeah. He's oh, definitely yeah. the Second Amendment zombie. He's he is the NRA personified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he was like the father or the founder 
are definitely, you know, the head of the chapter of the MRA in his town before he was turned. Kind of ironically, right? Like you think that guy would be the king in the apocalypse. Yeah, you but would no, think. But no, no. It, it was that damn it was that damn 70s zombie, the power worker zombie that got to him. That's my head cannon. Like that creeper zombie who's juicing <laughs> people. He doesn't want to actually eat you, he just wants to scare the shit out of you. So you drop everything. <laughs> Or maybe the Harry Krishna yeah. zombie turned the, the oh. gun diddler zombie. I can't be shooting no man a piece. <laughs> like, really? I think he does have it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he <laughs> was just an honorable gentleman. That could very anyway. well be. We could yeah, be assuming I, incorrectly. I totally could be. But yeah, you know, so so spoiler alert, uh, you know, um, Peter tells Stephen, hey, you know, don't don't go back up the stairs. You're going to lead the zombies with you. Um, they managed to lure a group of said zombies, you know, back out of the hallway. Stephen runs, does his best, like, track meet impression, <laughs> dodging zombies. Yes, dodging them is... He's, <laughs> he's good at dodging zombies. Yeah. He's not good at confronting. Yeah. He's yeah, better he's, at dodging. He's good at awkwardly shouldering zombies out of the way but yeah he's not so good at, at, at shooting them or or fighting them but um yeah you know in surprise the harry krishna zombie you know ironically starts to make its way up the you know down the hallway they kind of lose track of that zombie and he very dramatically i can see him in my mind right now very dramatically mm-hmm. sort of looking back and then turning back to start shuffling down the hallway again. And he's the only one. Yeah. He's, he's the just only a very one that gentle... something caught I mean, his attention or something. I think he I think he probably realized that maybe he could go find some converts down the hall, you know, because <laughs> he, he seems like a pretty gentle zombie, you know. He I can spread the word. <laughs> he he just seemed like such a gentle soul, you know, like he was probably immensely gentle and before he was zombified and, you know, he's, he's relatively clean faced, you know, mm-hmm. fairly he, young. Yeah. He definitely he has an innocence about it. Even though he's a zombie, there's an innocence about it. <laughs> there truly is. He's like the golden child, you know, he's basically, <laughs> <laughs> He's basically the golden child, all grown up. <laughs> but yeah, oh shit! You gotta, seeing is believing, guys. That's that's what it, it boils down to. You got to see this movie. You'll know what we're talking about. But yeah, so Stephen and, and and Peter and Roger are off again. And let's let's not forget, Roger is attacked by probably the most spry and the most stealth zombie ever. Like Ever. in canon. Yeah. I mean, that zombie was waiting. It's waiting because they're running by and he just jumps through this this, this display of mannequins, just kind of jumps on Roger. Oh, totally. And, you know, it's like, like, yeah, what? I, what? <laughs> that's that's why I'm like, I'm like, this this scene was had to have been one of those scenes that they filmed, you know, maybe maybe after production had wrapped or or they realized you know, once they got everything together that they needed, you know, five or 10 minutes of, of running time to sort of fill the gap 
somewhere. I can and... answer why this scene exists. Okay. There was a continuity error they found from when Steve and Roger and Peter met up. Roger had a sweater. And then in the next scenes, Roger's sweater was gone. So they filmed this shot of the zombie attacking Roger and pulling his sweater away, him having to untie his sweater to kind of get the zombie off of him. And then subsequently taking the screwdriver to the ear to explain why Roger no longer had his sweater. Oh my God. I mean, so they're like, hey, there's something missing here. They're like, that doesn't make sense. He has it that he doesn't. Wait, there's something in there to explain what happened to the sweater. That. We oh, okay. Oh my god, Jeff. I'm like <laughs> that that's like that's like a freaking that's like a bone sticking in my throat right now. They chose that to they, <laughs> I mean in a film chocked full of continuity errors, right? Like there there are several glaring continuity errors. Let's not even begin to discuss the blood on roger's face in the <laughs> coming truck scenes okay or even the 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 light timing in i mean they chose that that little oh my god that's mind-blowing to be right now yeah somebody somebody caught it and they said oh we need to we need to shoot a scene to oh. explain this oh man i'm gonna rage when we discuss the trucks that i'm gonna lose my shit <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, man, it's it's over. Because that's some bullshit, man. And here's the thing about that scene, right? Here's the thing about that scene. Why in the hell is everybody standing around in that scene to let Roger, like clearly Roger's overmatched at, at, at various points in this like five minute long scene. You know, he's he's obviously struggling. He's right. obviously having difficulty. And and Peter and 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 Stephen are just kind of sitting there watching him. I mean, it's a badass scene. Don't get me wrong. I mean, screwdriver to the brain. That's <laughs> holy shit, you know. But uh, I just, man, I, I just remember that scene. I, I loved it as a kid. I was like, oh damn, you know. But mm-hmm. and the blood and everything. It was like it was amazing. But you know, I think what bothered me was like if my friends were just standing around while I you know, had to stick a, a zombie in the ear with a screwdriver, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. The only thing I think I can say is that maybe Peter knew Roger could handle himself and yeah. Stephen was just scared, like, I've already almost been killed twice. I'm not getting in on this. <laughs> or maybe it was like some weird initiation. Like, they were like, all right, this is how we do it in our unit. Like you gotta, you gotta get yourself out of one life or death situation with a zombie. <laughs> it was like they were jumping, down, baby. Yeah, it was like they were jumping Stephen into the game. You know what I mean? Oh like, man, you want to see how it's done? <laughs> but yeah, it. I I just remember that kind of bugging me. You know, like why the fuck aren't they helping uh, uh, Roger right. right now? Yeah, it's like it's just one. It's not like there were yeah. three or four of them. It's one. You're two. You're two, dude. You picked that dude up, and, and then yeah, Peter could have done some fucking awesome backbreaker on that zombie, you know, or like. Oh yeah. 
through like they there should have been more throwing of zombies. <laughs> I mean, we established that Peter is a super strong dude. He's like superhuman strength. I mean, he should have chucked that fucker. <laughs> like through, he should have. You know, he should have walked over I and just one handedly pulled him off of Roger and threw him aside. Threw him. So you get more of those awesome dummy shots. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what would happen nowadays. They would make him super strong. He'd pick him up with one hand and then like swing him around over his head and then throw him. Yeah. Or he would just like grab his head and just rip his head off. <laughs> Spine and all. <laughs> yeah. But in the 70s, kids, it was a different time. It definitely people was. Were, people were more realistic then. Because you know they're trying to make a realistic movie. <laughs> no sarcasm there at all. Oh man. You know, a movie where they address continuity continuity errors, minor <laughs> continuity continuity errors with for like a sweater. Ten minutes of yeah, it's just oh my god. I mean, and I'm not trying yeah. to knock this movie, but for not at all. A We're sweater. Not, we love I yeah, love we, the movie. I love it. It's love errors and everything at all, but that is the one thing that stuck out to somebody is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it's just an example of like how movie making I think is, is largely a group effort, you know, and how, right. how movies change from, from what is captured by the camera to what is ultimately put together by an editor, you know? And I think, I think, I think if you're if you're not careful as a director, and, and we know that George Romero was one of those directors who was very careful about his craft and, and you know right. took it seriously, um, you know they say a good edit, a good editor can make a horrible movie watchable, you know, um, and that you know no matter what you do, a Steven Seagal movie is going to be unwatchable after you know anything after 1993 is going to be awful so even if you have the best editor in the world um so yeah, yeah it's just i think it's cautionary tale there you know yeah i mean directors need to be reined in but i think the unsung hero of a lot of films is the editor because without someone yeah. who knows how to put together these scenes and sort of tell the story and figure out what what doesn't need to sort of trim the fat off the steak, yeah. if you will, before putting it in the pan. Yeah. A good editor knows how to tighten everything up and make everything flow. So you could have this long drawn out movie that you're like, it's fine. Then an editor can get in there and be like, look, you cut this, cut that, splice it here, tape it here. We're done. Look, yeah. I just saved you 90 minutes and your movie's even better. You know, I think I think Don is a. a I mean, we, we, I wouldn't be talking about the movie if I hadn't seen it. You know, hundreds. Well, I don't know hundreds of times, but certainly a dozen plus times. Maybe, maybe in you know into the twenties of times. Yeah, same um, here. You know, but but there are obviously some some continuity errors, and and you know, uh, I think the beginning part of the movie is certainly a little less tight and a little less focused than the second half of the movie so you know I, if I sounded like I was degrading the movie I'm not I'm just you know sort of amazed 
by your story and, and that being sort of the hill that they chose to die on in terms of uh, you right. know, fixing a, a perceived continuity error because, you know, I mean, there are other continuity, continuity errors in that movie and that one just seems like, you know, some assistant director or some, you know, DA or whatever, you know, or PA or whomever decided they were going to choose that particular, you know, scene to pick a, you know, right. Pick a, a, a fight over, you know what I mean? And it's such a minor thing that half the time when I'm watching this movie, I forget he's even wearing the goddamn sweater until yeah, that scene that comes up scene, and then I'm like, yeah, Oh yeah. Okay. That sweater scene is so fast where they're kind of browsing through stuff, you know, because they're like, Oh shit, we're in this mall and we can take whatever we want now. Um, you definitely easily forget, um, and I know what transition you're talking about. It's a transition where they go from upstairs to downstairs in an attempt to draw mm-hmm. the zombie horde away. He's he's flying down the escalator with that sweater tied around his waist, and then all of a sudden he he doesn't have that sweater on in the very next scene or whatever it is. And right, you know, in, unless you're like somebody who's seen the movie, you know, thirty times like we have you would never notice that. That's not something you would, you know what right. I mean? Unless you were picking it apart critically, you know? And and if if you're worried that like a guy like Roger Ebert is going to tear apart your film over that particular continuity error, then dude, you're on the wrong movie set. Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, Ebert, uh, I've, yeah, whatever, I've got issues yeah. with what he said about some of my favorite movies. I'm like, you just don't understand. Yeah. 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 Like, get off your high horse for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, this isn't the Roger Ebert bashing cast. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying no. to speak ill of the dead. I just think some of his opinions on movies that I think are fine are shit. But I was gonna nothing against him personally. Yeah, yeah, I was going to make an horrible jaw joke. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like talk no, about I'll a be... stiff upper lip. <laughs> Because that's the oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm not going there, man. I'm not doing this. <sighs> We've already we we probably have already created a fur maybe or furor quite possibly furor or whatever you want not not fur like Hitler but like a you know a commotion right. over the mention of a certain dis- disgraced Hollywood director. So I'm I'm definitely not you know, yeah. Eh, yeah, you know, not, not taking it to Roger Ebert like that. Yeah, no, no, no. I I had no personal issue with the guy. I just think some of his opinions weren't. Uh, oh, I just think exactly the exactly as educated as I think he wanted them to be. Yeah, but I digress. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're so we're back. <laughs> so so back. I, yeah, I agree with you. Essentially what happens is they decide they're going to stay at this mall and upon them discussing how they're going to get back, because they know they can't just go through the door that they took to get out there. That's when Steven shows them the map to the ducting system and says, we can use this to get back and forth. Yeah. And they won't see us. Yes. Oh, this is such a good scene too. And while this is happening, our Hare Krishna zombie is just moving right along and figuring out how to slowly get in through a barricaded door. <laughs> but we're, we're not going to, we're not going to blow past our, like my, possibly one of my 
uh, favorite celebration moments in ever in any movie where a jubilant Steven upon finally being accepted into the boys club you know offers a rousing like whoopee like it's such an awkward it was so oh my it god was such an awkward strange I mean like I mean I even remember as a kid because a lot, a lot of this film is, is tied to my childhood, right? Right, like, right, right, right. I remember as a kid going like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? You know, like, I remember, maybe it was because, you know, my parents were in the Marine Corps and, you know, nobody said whoopee unless the enemy was like all dead on the battlefield or retreating. I just, I thought right. like, man, what's, what's this guy's damage? You know, like what? Is, is there something wrong with him? Like this was, I think maybe I recognized um, anxiety and uh, social awkwardness. I think this film started to make me aware that those are actual things because I feel like the character just totally displays all sorts of weirdness and awkwardness around Roger and, and, and Peter. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I know exactly what you're saying. He's he's the kid that like you have to let onto the football team. Like when you're playing like flag football as a kid, yeah. growing up, he's the kid that they're like, Hey, you know, just let him on the team. He's not exactly the best, but his mom's bringing cookies later on or something. Right. Like that, you know? And he's yeah. the kid that maybe gets, he holds the football once and he's super excited. He's coming in for like high fives and you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Timmy. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, he's it's just it's just a weird it's a weird moment, you know. And yeah. and I think like if you look at that scene, I you know, I kind of wish now I you know, I probably could scrub to it on on YouTube. But I, I can't remember I vaguely remember Peter and Roger being on either side of him and just kind of like being like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? I'm like, certain. I'm certain they were both like, what the hell? What what just happened? Is this like an, is he improvising this right now? Or was that in the script? Or, you know, like, it was just a very odd. They're both yeah. this inner dialogue is just like, Flyboy done lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think they were all kind of celebrating too, because they're trying to get the attention of the zombies. But man, I have to think Peter was like, what the fuck is wrong with this motherfucker? <laughs> you know? He had to have been. Come on. Steven's so awkward. He would, he'd have... Oh. He's even an awkward zombie, but we'll talk about that later. Awkward, but... I, I mean, effective. I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah, awkward, but effective. A leader. He truly finds himself at the end of the film. Yes, I think this is ultimately where he was supposed to go. <laughs> this is... Yeah, it's definitely a triumphant character arc for his character. Is Yeah. At the very end of the film, <laughs> he finally fulfills his purpose. Yes, definitely. He just wants to be a dad, you know. I mean, I, I, I know that's, I know that struggle. Sometimes you just want to come home and be a dad. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I mean, I don't have children, but I, I get wanting to come home and be a dad. Be in that role. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, 
We'll These guys there. are finally making their way through the duct as our Hare Krishna zombie is slowly, <laughs> and I mean slowly. I mean we we closing in on Francine, slow. like like one painful step at a time. Yeah, like can barely get past the door. He's pushing it for like uh, I don't know three and a half hours. <laughs> pushing it for dear life, and he's still. I mean, he is like trying to snake his way through the door. I mean, this this dude weighs, this zombie probably weighs 85 pounds soaking wet, you know. If like, that, if that. He's not a big man. He, no. He is, a, he, is, he is just slightly larger than a child, you know. He's, he's little. Our Hare Krishna zombie was probably one of the first vegans on film. <laughs> yes. He Until he got turned and then... You know. And then he just abstained from just yeah. I mean, even in his, I mean, his motivations aren't entirely clear when he finally reaches the promised land. <laughs> you know, we don't know oh. if he would, wanted to convert or if he wanted to chow down. He could have just been there wanting to discuss yeah, things with Francine. I mean, it's it's established later on that sometimes there are just zombies that who are there to just talk. You know, they just take a seat and they just want to talk yeah. and look at you and there are many moments in the film where zombies just <laughs> desire they just crave human contact all they want is to be accepted <laughs> they just want to reach out and touch your face sometimes <laughs> and it's oh the man who, it's a human reach being out and touch someone <laughs> oh. all right oh man i feel delirious right now just like so, somebody, actually, I think what's funny is that this is one of the few zombies that gets killed without a gunshot or a stab. Yeah. Because it's just Roger swinging the butt of his rifle and jamming it into the Hare Krishna zombie's head. And yeah, that's well, it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I think this is another sort of like, so I, I think, I don't know if, they, if this was necessarily true in um, Day of the Dead, but in in night and in dawn i think we talked about this before um romero had i I don't know if this was deliberate if it was like supposed to be if they thought about this or if this was just coincidental but there are many points in the film or there are a couple points in each film where romero is trying to establish that zombies are indeed afraid of fire right 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 this is one of those um scenes where we kind of learn that zombies are afraid of fire and you know it's kind of it's kind of ironic because in the remake of dawn of the dead and and snyder's you know arguably the best film of his career but still somewhat of an abomination yeah Um, i mean yeah that's for another it's strictly a popcorn film yeah, we'll, we'll, we could definitely tear this that one apart too. Yeah, I, I'm excited to do a single, a one shot episode talk. Are you about. saying we should sink our teeth into the Dawn of the Dead remake? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, we should I've been waiting to apart. make that shitty joke so long. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Nailed it. But, um, but you know, ironically or not. Well, I guess ironically, I guess it is kind of irony. The the zombies in the remake show absolutely zero fear of fire. Like they're literally on fire. Um, and 
they don't care. They don't give a shit. They're faster than the zombies in yeah. the original. There's the whole scene fire. with them spraying them with gas and setting them on fire, and they're still yeah. just coming. It's they're like, still coming uh, at you, yeah. You know, so I think I think Snyder was trying to stupidly, I think, break a sort of uh, uh, canon that is established by the original film, which right. is, you know, any sort of flame or heat. I don't know if it's heat or if it's just the flame. Zombies still retain their human instinct, I guess, in that sense. I think Which a lot then, of that harkens back to some of those old Universal monster films, especially like Frankenstein. Oh yeah, with sure. the villagers shoving the torches and him being afraid of the fire. I think it it kind of plays off that a bit. Like it's one of those things monsters don't necessarily like fire. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, that would definitely be the stuff that Romero grew up watching and and absorbed. You know, were those classics yeah especially frankenstein and dracula and you know uh what's his name uh oh god he played um the original frankenstein it wasn't bella lugosi was it it was uh boris karloff boris karloff yeah so although lugosi yeah, did get a turn to play frankenstein's monster yeah oh did he really yes i don't remember exactly what movie but he did get his his shot at playing frankenstein's monster yeah so i mean I mean, you know, in terms of the terror level, in terms of like, holy crap, I, I, I do, I've always been a little more unsettled by the fast zombies and the idea that a zombie would, you know, a flaming zombie would not give a crap about, um, you know, fire. That that does seem pretty, pretty terrifying to me, you know. It's pretty terrifying. At the same time, I think there's much more to fear from just these slow moving hordes yeah. that are just basically assimilating anything they come across yeah they're they're just like a tidal wave um you know not not to the ridiculous level of like uh uh what got that z movie uh world war z you know like oh, not, mm. it was kind of i still haven't the seen that i've i've read the book so yeah, i'm good that, <laughs> the books are a million times. The book is a million times better than than the movie. And ironically, again, another ironic thing written by Mel Brooks's son Max, which is kind of funny. Yeah, when I found that out, I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" He's yeah, like, "Okay, okay." Definitely a trip. But um, yeah, I mean, so so yeah, we we kind of established in that scene that zombies are afraid of of fire. Um, and you know, Fran is freaking out. And, um, you know, that's when our heroes, you know, bust through the door and rifle butt the Harry Krishna zombie and are really quite gentle with him. You know what I mean? They kind of yeah. gently set him on the stairs. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of... There's a bit of sympathy for him. Like, I think eh. so. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think they actually kind of felt bad for the zombie, you know, because he is, again, he, he's small and childlike and, you know, we've established that at least Peter finds the idea of, you know, dispatching, you know, children zombies um, distasteful. You know, I mean, so that's kind of a. It's kind of a. There's an interesting dynamic, I think, in that particular interaction with that zombie. Right. So this is where things we established that. They're going to stay. They've yeah. 
bring in the spoils from their excursion into J.C. Penny. Yeah, yeah, they get some of that cheese and liquor in them, and they are like, <laughs> they're listening to the TV. TV. Yeah, they're like, dude, we we're, we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and there's a scene here that gets, it's I think it's the heaviest scene in the movie. It's between Peter and Stephen. Peter's asking Stephen, hey, is Francine sick? She's not looking so hot. He goes, oh, she's three months pregnant. And Peter, in a roundabout way, sort of says, do you want to keep the baby? Because if not, I know how to abort the child. If that's I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, shit shit gets heavy, dude. It It was like, whoa. Okay. Um, Peter's straight up talking about making a baby zombie. You know, yeah. like you can't control where you're going to put that coat hanger. I'm like, is that is that wow. too wrong, Jeff? Like, I, I was waiting no, for a reaction no. from you. Too much? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was I was reading something, so I heard you say it. That I was like, wait, I have to react, but I'm reading. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, if he doesn't do this right, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think this scene is like. God, this is, you know, one of the many scenes why this film would never get remade, you know, or, or, or this, a scene like this would never appear in a modern film right. because Fran has like zero input on this, on this whole, like she's no, you know what I mean? Like, like it's just the guys talking and the idea that, you know, these three dudes would decide the fate of her baby would never happen in a modern film, you know, or maybe it would, I don't know, but it's definitely, yeah, it's a super heavy, super heavy scene. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was like, wait a minute, is he talking about what I think he's talking about? Yeah. And then on subsequent watches, I'm just like, I'm kind of irritated because I'm like, neither one of these guys thought to ask her. Yeah, totally. It's, well, it, you're the yeah. man, and obviously you should be making the decision here. Don't worry, we'll hold her down. Well, you know. like, I'm sorry, she's the one who is carrying the child. The baby's living inside of her, it's not like, Stephen's asshole. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty, an entirely it's pretty different movie if that happened. Yo, wow, that's that. That's that movie. Um, oh God, with. Uh, Luke, um, Luke, was it Luke Owens or, or, or Luke Wilson? That movie, uh, <laughs> God, what the hell is the name of that movie where he's got a thing? Of, it's like, it's like, uh, he's got like some creature living literally up his butt, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, You got a thing up your butt, you know? Oh, is that the, uh, is that the one that was actually, was that the one with the, was it actually Ken Marino, Bad Milo? Bad Milo, yeah, it was Bad Milo. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've seen (laughs) promos and trailers and heard people talk about it. And I'm like, wait, you're telling me it's about something that lives up this guy's ass? (laughs) And I'm like, it's a creature. It's like a little. I'm like, well, you know, it's like I watched a movie about a turd demon called Monsterd. So I, (laughs) you know what? Not outside of the realm of of possibilities for me to watch. Uh, Looks like a decent film. I'm checking it out. I saw Zombievers not too long ago, and I to catchy uh, theme song they got going. Oh, I tried and I couldn't. I I think it was just maybe too late, and I wasn't in the right mindset. 
watch Zombievers, yeah, it's yeah. Shitty, but but the, the like... theme song is amazing. <laughs> Zombievers. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> Zombievers. Yeah, Tracy, my <laughs> wife, uh, for people who don't know, she was she yeah, we watched it. It was a thing. Oh man. But anyway, um, yeah, so they 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 try to make this heavy decision without c- consulting the mom and you know uh, quite quite understandably uh, Fran is very upset with Steven and he overhears yeah and basically Steven, is like Mm-mm. yeah I don't want to live in this mall it's a prison he, <laughs> he, he misses the shot yet again yeah he, he took his not, shot and he missed. He doesn't pick up on social cues. <laughs> he's, he's not very swift when it comes to interpersonal no. relationships. And I mean, this is this is truly a day of losing for Steven. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I think I think this scene is probably the darkest in the film, not only because they're discussing aborting a baby. But you're hearing the news reports of everything just breaking down. Yeah, society's going to shit. There's very few people still on the air. The guys are telling them, are like, look, stay away from these places. You have to shoot them in the head. We don't know what else to do. We really have no... They're basically like, we don't have a plan. Tons of cities are already overrun. If you find a place to hole up, stay there. Well, yeah, it's basically think, the gist of what they're saying. I mean, I don't have it written down word for word, but I thought I thought that the okay. So in the beginning of the film, the civil authorities, the military authorities, are telling people that they cannot, they can no longer occupy residences, right? Like they have to, they have to coalesce essentially. Like they can't, they can't right. stay in. And then, and then they're wanting them to go to certain film, areas, certain military yeah, outposts shelters, where they can, yeah. They can protect Which them. Is just insane advice, you know. At this point, like, yeah, let's put all these because probably because they don't they don't understand. But in the course of a few days, because I think really mm-hmm. chronologically speaking, there's only been a couple of days since the they've landed, you know, since the the beginning of the film, them flying. I think maybe 48 hours have elapsed. I'd say roughly, yeah, and you can yeah. see that change in how the broadcast is they're no longer on like a set with two people behind a desk they're basically filming one of the back walls yeah it's just like and it's, it's just gone. two guys in chairs talking back and forth and dr eyepatch yeah. i can't remember his name for the <laughs> life of me patch. straight out of uh straight out, straight out of a uh, what was that what's that animation with um dr girlfriend and oh the venture uh, brothers the venture, yeah, that guy looked like a character straight out of the Venture Brothers. Kind of reminded me of, uh, oh, what is the actor's name? Uh, Jonathan oh, Rhys Davies. Davies. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank you, Jonathan Rhys Davies. We both like the, exactly. That's exactly who that dude. Like, I was just waiting for him to be like Indy, Indy, <laughs> <laughs> and my axe. Yeah, and my axe. Wait a minute, yeah. what? God. Fucking Jonathan Reese Davies, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Doctor Eyepatch definitely is like he's on the side of like fuck it, you know. He is like 
nuke it from orbit. That's the only way to be yeah. sure. You know, he's he's talking about touching upon the nation's nuclear reserves, and um, you know, he he is he is giving people the straight dope that they need to mm-hmm. survive the zombie apocalypse. He's very cut and dry. Yeah. And it's and, one of the few and, times where I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you're just saying it as it is because people yeah, need exactly. to hear, look, either do A or end up as B. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and then there's like kind of as he's talking, you know, they cut away to this montage, right, of, of what's happening. Um, you know, like I, I'm, I'm thinking it's a montage of what's happening outside the mall because you you see the zombies outside the mall you see that one zombie right. I, I think it's like a girl zombie trapped in the car or whatever um i mean yeah it's it's definitely you see this montage of, of things happening outside as this as dr eyepatch is sort of talking about you know just showing being, how like dire the situation has become yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think that's the scene, right? Where he's like saying, you know, don't be fooled and thinking these people are your friends or your family. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, dummies, dummies, dummies. dummies. Yeah. Like that's George Romero, like just, oh, yeah. That's, that's his, that's his hot take on his audience, I think. But it's oh it, I, yeah, except for those of us who were devoted to him, and are like we love it. We understand everything you said. He's like, okay, I, you're not a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know I mean I think I think that I think that I, I think that's probably I don't know I, I I certainly think that that dummies 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 that's effective because like that's the line that so many people remember. You know I I that's like that line stands out so clearly in my head you know and and i don't know if i don't know if the statement that romero was trying to make is is part of that or if that's you know i think i think that's like one of those um cinematic elements that's designed to sort of maybe foreshadow you know the fate of anybody who tries to pretend that life is is normal you know and, right. and I think I think it's kind of establishing it's foreshadowing this group's attempt to try and create some sort of normalcy in this apocalyptic happening, you know? Oh, definitely. So I, I, I think I think that that scene is like critically important. I think I think it's one of the best scenes and one of the most arresting scenes in the movie because it really is showing you that the world it's over it is done yeah and i yeah. think this is in my opinion this is the darkest the film gets oh for this, sure. this is you've seen everything leaning up to them getting to the mall then it's like okay well they're at the mall everything should be fine and he's like no i'm gonna ground you for a minute yeah you're gonna realize just how stark things are would you want to bring a child into this situation Look at what's happening out there according to the news reports. We're showing yeah. you it's 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 fucked. So yeah, you decide what are you gonna oh, yeah, do? Sure. And then from there, I think we slowly kind of climb out of that darkness and get a little bit not so much like 
the hopeful light shining through, but more like, well, we can still get by. We know what we have to do to get by. Maybe all yeah, hope I, isn't as lost as they're saying. Well, I think, I think, I think that's when you know the survivors. That's when our our little band of adventurers kind of create this fake, this fake life around being isolated in this mall, and time kind right. of stops for them. And you know, I, I think they, I think that the tone of the film definitely changes at that point. Um, and I think that, you know, there is, are, there are little bits of reality interspersed in between this scene and sort of as we move on in the film. But um, yeah, so definitely. I think there's too much to discuss right now that we're going to have to reconvene for a part four. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a part four. I think we, I think we warned everybody that a part four. It was four, probably going to happen. It was probably going to happen, yeah, because we we took too many. Uh, the, the road was long and winding today. Right, right. But I think part four, we're going to hit everything and we're going to close it out. So you're going to hear this last chunk. And yeah, you're going to. This has been a wild ride. I've had a lot of fun doing this with you, man. This has been great. Oh yeah. This so I'm looking awesome. forward yeah. to a part four. We're gonna we're gonna beat you over the head with part four, whether you want it or not. <laughs> We're gonna block your entrances with trucks and yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have secret discussions about whether we're gonna keep part three around while you're sleeping and and determine your uh, your fate for you. That's right. That's how that's we right. roll. We're gonna we're gonna let you contact you via CB radio and tell you that if you don't help us out, we're just gonna come in. We're gonna watch as a, a as, as a zombie. <laughs> shoves as, as you shove a, zo- a screwdriver in a zombie's ear and not even lift a finger to help you that's how we roll on the steward universe podcast that's right baby that's all right so all righty thanks pat and you guys no keep problem. listening part four coming soon in your ear holes Check out Skewered Universe podcast at the following links, skeweredhead.com, facebook.com slash groups slash Skewered Universe podcast, skeweruniverse.podbean.com, twitter at skeweredu, instagram, skewered underscore universe, email the show at skeweruniversepodcast at gmail.com, patreon, patreon.com slash skeweruniversepodcast, join our patreon, go to patreon.com slash skeweruniversepodcast to get access to exclusive bonus content such as Skewered Universe transmissions and audio commentary tracks.